Got it. All right, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Is where we will start tonight. Verse 18. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Have not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. The Jews require sign and the Greeks seek after wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block and unto the Greeks foolishness, but unto them that are which are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Well, if you've listened to the last two weeks, I've been dealing with Christ, the power of God in the revelation of Jesus Christ. And just briefly in this, in Acts chapter 1, the Bible says that they shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon them. Now, this word power in Acts 1 and power, Christ, the power of God, are the same word. Both words are the dunamis of God, the which means miraculous power. So, so when you look at this, and, and I've made this comment now a number of times, but I'm going to make it one more time. When we come through Pentecost, we primarily thought of the power of God as that which, you know, enabled us to do, pray for the sick, for the sick to be healed, for prophecy, for wisdom, for these things. And, and, and that is the gifts of the Spirit. That all comes from God, but, but I want you to consider Christ, the power of God. Now, we're going to move on in the wisdom of God tonight. So if you were with me this morning, I'm not going to go through everything I went through this morning. So, so don't get concerned when he's saying the same thing I heard this morning. Uh, but just to establish this, the power of God is that of Christ which moves us out of the old man into that of himself. Now, that's power. That's dunamis. You were darkness. Now are you light in the Lord. That's power. To, to change our hearts, to change our minds, to change our soul is power. Christ, the power of God. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Just, just let that soak in. And, and like I said, if you if you listen to today's message on Facebook, I went through that. Christ, the power of God, also went through it last week. He was exalted 
to the right hand of power. He was not just raised from the dead, but he was exalted to the right hand of power. So now in the spirit of God is this power, is this power of his life, this transforming power that transforms the soul, transforms the mind into the same image that he is. Glory to God. So we have in him this power, but we also have in him this wisdom. So Christ is the power of God. Christ is the wisdom of God. And, and I want you to turn with me back to Proverbs 8. Proverbs 8, and then hold your place, because we're going to come right back to 1 Corinthians 2 in a, in a moment. So you may want to mark 1 Corinthians 2. We may go a couple places first, but Proverbs 8, verse 22, it says, Jehovah, or the Lord, possessed me in the beginning of his ways. Before his works of old, I was set up from everlasting from the beginning before the earth was. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no fountains abounding with water, before the mountains were settled, before the hills was I brought forth. While as yet he had not made the earth nor the fields nor the begin nor the beginning of the dust of the world. When he established the heavens, I was there. When he set a circle upon the face of the deep, when he made firm the skies above, when the fountains of the deep became strong, when he gave to the sea its bound, that the water should not transgress his commandment. When he marked out the fountains of the earth, then I was by him as a master workman, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him. All right, so we look here at the wisdom of God. Before God made anything, was the wisdom of God. Was the thought of God. Was the mind of God. Was the heart of God. So God had the same purpose in Christ before there ever was a man. So, so if Adam hadn't sinned, the wisdom of God was still there. In, in John 1, verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God, all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. So here, in the beginning, was God's divine thought. When you look up the word logos, the word, it, it means something said, including the thought. By implication, a topic, subject of discourse, also reasoning, the mental faculty of motive. By extension, a computation, specifically with the, the article in John, the divine expression that is Christ. So, so God's divine thought was in the beginning, was in his own heart. What John says in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was him. That's why it was rejoicing before him. It was conceived in his own heart, in his own mind. So he had his thought 
toward creation before he ever made a man. So from the beginning was the thought that we now know in Christ Jesus. That was before the world was. So all things were made, all things made was through this thought. One of the definitions there for all things that were made were made by him is, is by reason of. So everything that was made was toward the thought of Christ. Everything God made was toward the thought of Christ. Toward his divine expression. Everything. Okay? So without it, nothing was made that was made. And in Christ is life. So, so when you go back to, and you think upon this, you consider this, in him is life, and the life is the light of men. You could say mankind never had light until Christ came. Now, I want you to turn to Acts 26 with that very thought. Acts 26, verse 12. Apostle Paul says, Whereupon, as I journeyed to Damascus with the authority and commission of the chief priests, at midday, O king, I saw I saw on the way a light from heaven above the brightness of the sun shining round about me and them that journeyed with me. And when we were all fallen to the earth, I heard a voice saying unto me in the Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? It is hard for thee to kick against the goad. And I said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecuteth. But arise and stand upon thy feet, for to this end have I appeared unto thee, to appoint thee a minister and a witness, both of the things wherein thou hast seen me, and of the things wherein I will appear unto thee, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom I send thee, to open their eyes, that they may turn from darkness to light, and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive remission of sins and an inheritance among them that are sanctified by faith in me. Wherefore, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision, a heavenly sight, but declare both to them of Damascus first and at Jerusalem throughout all the country Judea and unto the Gentiles that they should repent and turn to God, doing the works worthy of repentance. Now, what I want you to consider here is he saw a light. Now, now I believe he saw a literal light here. But I want you to consider this light was brighter than the sun. Okay? What do I mean by that? It was brighter than the understanding of man. It was greater than what mankind understood. So it was brighter. So, so this is the this is the wisdom of the Lord. Paul sees a light 
greater than all the wisdom and knowledge of men, greater than all the understanding of man. That's what he sees, and that's what he begins to declare, is the divine intent and purpose of God that was hid from ages and generations, but now that is made manifest, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. That was what God possessed in his heart before he ever made the world, that Christ would dwell in our hearts by faith. So before he ever created man, before man ever stepped out on earth, God had this in his heart. And so it's brighter than the noonday sun. It's greater than the natural world. Now, flip back over, like I said, to 1 Corinthians 2. 1 Corinthians 2. Says here in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 4, and my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and a power. So what Paul's saying is what he was declaring was not of man's wisdom. Didn't come from man. Just like he says in, in the book of Galatians, when God revealed his son in him, he never received it from man. He never learned it of man. He never went to man. So he he's saying here that his preaching is not out of man's wisdom, but a demonstration of the spirit and power, that your faith should not, not stand in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect. So we're declaring this wisdom that was hid in God, this divine intention of God. That's what we're declaring to the church. Yet not, and it's not the wisdom of the world nor the princes of this world that can't come to naught, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world into our glory, which none of the princes of the world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. So had the princes of the world understood what God was going to do in Christ, and I said this this morning, they wouldn't have crucified him. Satan wouldn't have entered into the heart of Judas. The high priest wouldn't have turned him over for crucifixion because at the cross, their kingdom was done. It was over. And now the wisdom of God had come forth in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. God's divine intent for mankind had come forth in the death, burial, and resurrection that Christ would dwell in our hearts by faith. But as it's written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God prepared for them that love him. But God has revealed them unto us by the Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. And that's, just, that's that of Christ. That's the deep things of God. 
Jesus said of, that all things of the fathers are mine in, in John 16. So the spirit is searching in our hearts. That's where the spirit's searching at all things of God and showing them unto us. That's what the spirit's doing. Go on to verse 11 it says, for what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man, which is in him. Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, so that we might know what's freely given to us of God, which things we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, Comparing spiritual things with spiritual, with the, or you could say with the spiritual one. So, so now the word of the Lord is revealed in our hearts by the Spirit of God. So the wisdom of the cross brought forth God's divine intention, which is Christ in you. The mystery hidden from ages and generations, Christ in you, the hope of glory. God's intent. Yes. So, so now in the heart of the believers, not darkness, but light, you were darkness. Now you are light in the Lord. That's right. You are light in the Lord. Because the light, who is Christ, drives out the darkness so that we can understand, comprehend what he's done. Okay? Now, now, Solomon, when you start talking about wisdom in the Bible, it, it brings you to Solomon. If you, when we study your Bible, and Solomon speaks of man in Ecclesiastes 1, and I won't read all of this, but he says, all is vanity. Vanity of vanities, saith the preacher, vanity of vanities, all is vanity. So all that's of man is vain. We wake up early, go to bed late, so to speak. He says, the sun arises and the sun goes down. He goes on to say, there's no new thing under the sun. Okay? Under the sun. I want you to hear that. There's no new thing under the sun. Paul saw a light that was greater than the noonday sun. So you can go back here and read Ecclesiastes, and according to the natural man, everything remains the same. But the light Paul saw was greater than the noonday sun. That's right. So it's greater than what Solomon's declaring when he's telling you there's nothing new under the sun, because, because the new thing that God declared in the book of Isaiah, said, I declare a new thing. 
Well, that new thing is this reality that we now have in the Lord Jesus Christ that's brought forth in the death, burial, and resurrection. And in Proverbs 24, Proverbs 24, it says, verse 3, Proverbs 24, verse 3, it says, by wisdom, a house is built. By understanding, it is established. By knowledge, the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. So see, the wisdom of God is what builds this house. Okay? The wisdom of God. Now, now, it's interesting that Solomon says this, wisdom, a house is built, because who builds the house of God in the Old Testament? Solomon. Jesus comes on the scene and says, a greater than Solomon is here. And when you go back and read of King Solomon and, and all the wealth and all the riches and all of you, you know, the array of, of his utensils, his stuff, when the queen of Sheba comes, she'd never seen anything like it. But Jesus comes unseen and says, a greater than Solomon is here. And he says in, in Matthew 6, he says, let me read this to you, Matthew 6 and 28, Jesus says, and why do you worry about clothes? Consider how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his glory was adorned like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you? O ye of little faith. You, you know, little understanding. So what he clothes you in is the riches and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? You have a little faith. <laughs> so, so we're clothed upon, the Apostle Paul writes, with Christ. So our garment that we have is him. Okay? Now consider this thought. Through wisdom, a house is built. Jesus says, upon this rock, this revelation of himself, I will build my church. So, so through the cross, he builds, he brings forth his church. By understanding it, by our hearts coming to understand it, we that are his are established in what he's done. Okay? We become established in what the Lord's done. And by knowing him, we are filled with the riches of himself. That makes sense? We're filled with him. 
So all of this is speaking of Christ. He's going to build a house through wisdom. And he does that through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. He cuts off the wisdom of the wise. He cuts off the things of the world. And he brings forth the wisdom of God. So what comes forth in our hearts is the wisdom and understanding of God. You were chosen in him before the foundation of the world. God chose us in Christ before the world. So that's that's our choosing. We begin to understand that. We begin to understand that we weren't chosen to be a natural man and just live a natural life and just have a natural family, that that wasn't God's mind toward us, but God's mind was that the divine expression would fill our hearts, that we would know the Lord. All shall know me from the least to the greatest, that we would come to a understanding of who he is. And he, and he saw that before the world. But through the Lord Jesus Christ, he's brought forth what he saw, what he purposed in his heart has now come forth to you and I in the person of Jesus Christ. And it's made known to you and I by knowing Jesus Christ our Lord. See, if I don't know him, I don't know the divine purpose of God. I'm ignorant of it. I could be born again and be ignorant as a stick because I don't know the purpose of God. But God desires that we know his purpose and that we walk in it. That's his desire, that we walk in it, that we have fellowship with it. Absolutely. That the glory of the Lord would cover the earth, the new creation, as the waters cover the sea. That a people would walk in the knowledge of the Lord. So Christ is the power of God. He's the power to get this done. See, no other power could do it. And, and we take this scripture, no weapon formed against us shall prosper. See, see, nothing formed against God's divine intention could prosper because Christ settles it at the cross. So nothing formed against it can prosper. Just like Jesus prayed in John 17 that they may be one as we are one. I and them, thou and me, that they be made perfect one. Nothing can prosper against that intention because who sealed that was the Lord Jesus himself. He's who sealed it. He's who brought it forth. And he's who's establishing it in our hearts. And he's who's making it known. So there's nothing can stand against it. Nothing can stand against Paul says the love of God, not height nor depth nor anything. So, so this love of God, this 
<laughs> choosing in Christ. See, see, I believe I believe the love of God is is this very thing that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And the life that we have is the Lord. He's the everlasting life. We're joined to the Lord. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. So this is the love of God that Christ would be made known in our hearts and we would live in union and relationship with him. And we would understand the security of this, that we'd understand the power of this. Because Jesus himself secured it and brought it forth. And had the wisdom of the world known it, they wouldn't have crucified him. You know, one last scripture, and, and I'll be finished tonight, and it's just back on the power for a minute, and I shared some of this this morning, maybe maybe this, but in Hebrews 2, Hebrews 2. And this, this to me is just powerful in Hebrews 2. It says down in verse 14, it says, For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. So I'm just going to read on. For verily he took on him, not the, he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. Wherefore, in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, and to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. So here, he, Jesus, destroyed him that had the dominion of death. And he did that through the cross. So Satan's dominion was destroyed. Okay. You can say, well, then why, why does the devil do so many things? Well, Apostle Paul, James, or Peter, maybe all of them, I don't think all of them, but the, but the one of them says, resist the devil and he'll flee. Another one says, give no place to the devil. Well, how, how, do, you, how do you give a place to the devil? Well, we think it's just doing bad things. Now, that's part of it. But how you give place to the devil is you don't believe his dominion has been destroyed. So you're, so you're giving him place. Okay. But now you've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear son. You were darkness. I've said this two or three times. Now are you light? You're light through him. You that were darkness are now light in the Lord. You're light through him. So, so now the light that he is fills their heart, makes 
him known. And and that's that's through the power of God, because you couldn't know the light of God until he came. That's through the wisdom of God. You only knew the wisdom of the wise. That's all you knew. You didn't know the wisdom of God. You only knew the wisdom of man, the wisdom of the wise, the wisdom, the foolishness of man. That's all you knew. But now that he's come, what's being revealed in our heart is the wisdom, understanding, and knowledge of the Lord. Amen. That's what's flooding our hearts and our minds. So we're not to give place to the devil. We're not to believe he has any dominion. We're to believe Christ has all dominion in heaven and earth. He's our Lord. We, we use the term Lord Jesus Christ. You know what Lord is? He's our master. The devil's not our master. Adam's not our master. Darkness is not our master. Jesus Christ is. So, so if I believe any of these elements have an upper hand on me, I'm given place. Would I not be? Sure I would be. Because I'm, I'm saying something else is Lord. Now, I may not understand all of his lordship, but that goes into the exaltation, the power of God, where the Lord's had me the last few weeks. Christ, the power of God. Christ, the exalted one. Christ having all authority. All authority to what? <laughs> Is he just out there in heaven somewhere with all authority? Or is all authority to the believer? Is that why we can come into the understanding of the mystery of God? Because he has the authority and the dominion in our heart that he can show us the things of God. Sure it is. Sure it is. Anyway, we'll, we'll stop right here tonight. May the Lord richly bless you. And uh, I believe Sister Peggy Carr may be there. And if she's unmuted, she can she can speak first.